filled the air 
as I gathered with five of my closest friends, celebrating our annual reunion with a feast of grilled delights and reminiscing about the good old days. The barbecue pit we had booked was on an excellent spot, something we stumbled upon a year ago during one of our weekend cyclings. It seemed an even more enjoyable experience as the ocean waves danced in rhythm together with a fantastic night breeze to our joyous chatter. We sat around the barbecue pit feasting on grilled sticks, sausages and fresh seafood. We also set up two tents, each perfectly fitting for four people. Then, it happened. Jake was the first to notice it. His eyes widened and he pointed towards the trees, his face frozen with terror. We all turned to look, but saw nothing. The girls thought that Jake was pulling a trick on them and scolded him mercilessly about it. Michael calmed the situation by telling a few jokes and things started to return to normal. I looked at Jake as he sat as close to the barbecue pit as he could, smiling half-heartedly at Michael's joke. But I noticed that he did not touch the food and was not his usual self after that. As the group scattered near the waves and played around the beach, I sat beside Jake and asked him what he had seen. Jake looked at me as if he looked too scared to talk. In a stammering low voice, he explained that he saw a human head floating in the air while they were barbecuing earlier. He described it as a grotesque face with wild hair. Even more disturbing was the trail of what looked like intestines dangling from it. He said the head floated towards us before disappearing into the darkness. I drew in my breath sharply. Fear rippled through me. But for the sake of Jake, who had seen it, I tried to remain calm because I knew he had trusted me enough to explain, knowing I would not make fun of him as the others would. He had wanted to go home immediately, but I persuaded him to stay. It would be too dangerous to track back through the trees at this hour. Even if I were to go with Jake, we would only spook the others if both of us were to leave hastily. His hands shook as he took another swig of bottled water. I told him to rest in one of the two tents, but he preferred to sit outside and seemed content with adding more charcoal 
to the barbecue fire. Somewhere in the wee hours of the morning, I awoke to Jake's restless mumblings. He was sweating and tossing around in his sleeping bag. Michael was blissfully asleep, unaware of what had happened to one of us that night. I tried to shake Jake awake, but he trashed around like a madman, almost knocking me over. I was glad of the large tent supplied by Michael. It was spacious enough for me to wrestle Jake down, and I managed to subdue him after a while. He fell into what appeared to be a deep sleep. Then, I saw a floating object passing by the roof from the light of the moon shining our tent. It was the head. I felt myself stiffening as I held my breath. I was hoping that Jake would not start thrashing again as I followed the movement of the floating apparition around our tent, hoping that it would not decide to tear its way in. what seemed like a long time, it disappeared. I was too frightened to sleep. But somehow, I ended up in a heap between Michael and Jake as dawn approached. We left early the next day. My muscles were stiff, but I forced myself to clear the place as best as possible. Jake appeared withdrawn and pale, but assured me he was well enough to track back through the trail. Like myself, we wanted to get as far away as possible from that place. The others chattered noisily, unaware of what we had faced the previous night. I initially felt annoyed, but thought it gave us some semblance of normalcy. Jake came down with a high fever lasting two weeks after that night. He kept seeing the head in his dreams and would scream in the middle of the night. His mother had to call a priest to cure him of the demon that haunted his dreams. As for myself, I did not experience any traumatic incident, which I was thankful for. It took us months to tell the others what we had experienced 
on that night. Of course, none of them believed us. But we all knew better, didn't we? Thank you, Reith, for reading my story. There are more horrifying experiences that I would want to share again in the future. All the best to Reith and the Late Night Mysteries team. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next podcast.